moms. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome back to the Busy Mom Podcast. All right. I'm really excited because I am sitting across the table from my dear friend, Jane Lambert, and she's in my closet (laughs) with me (laughs) because you guys know I'm podcasting from my closet. So welcome, Jane. Hi. To my closet. Hi, everyone. So I always ask people when they come into my closet, and when I say I ask people, I've only done this one other time. So I always ask people, you being my second person, what does my closet say about me? It says, you're organized and you're fun. (laughs) I'm organized and fun. This is so great. So I think Daryl was like, you're eclectic. (laughs) He said, you're eclectic. Maybe that was because I had... um, you know, curling ribbon in my closet. And and Dorinda's, you know, Dorinda was like, why do you have curling ribbon in your closet? Because you never know when you're going to have to wrap a present and your kids can't see you. Exactly. Right? That's exactly right. Right. So that's what I told her. Well, I am thrilled because we have been doing a series of on having children. And I had Daryl and Dorinda here last week and the week before that. And you have been our podcast sponsor, and we have been talking about five in a row. And I told Jane, I said, Jane, Dorinda just gave the best, like, little testimony ever for five in a row because she is using it for her little guy, Silas, who has ADDs, 10 years old, and she's loving it, saying it's the best thing she's had that has really resonated with him. And we talked about what books is she using, and she said she just finished doing Ferdinand. Oh, that's so good. Yes. I love that one. And so we talked about mm-hmm. Ferdinand, and I said, oh, have you read Caps for Sale? You know, we're talking about all these books. And then I thought, oh, this is awesome. I have Jane at my house. I'm going to kidnap her and put her in my closet. <laughs> and so here we are, and I was hoping that we could talk about homeschooling because you are a veteran homeschool mom. And I love homeschooling. And you love homeschooling. And you're a grandmother. I am. And they love homeschooling. Your grandkids are all homeschooled. And you wrote five in a row. And so I'm thinking I have, like, homeschool celebrity in my house and and now in my closet. (laughs) This is so exciting. So I want to know from you. First of all, do you care if I'm just going to ask you some questions about yourself? Ask away. Okay, because I'm fascinated. I know know some of the answers to these questions already, but I know that the moms listening are going to be really encouraged by listening to you. And I want to know, did you always know that you wanted to be a homeschool mom? That's the first question people ask me. Did you always know that you wanted to homeschool? No. I can honestly say that I hadn't even really heard of it back when I started. And, and in the dinosaur I mean, ages it, 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 of homeschooling. Dinosaur, dinosaur <laughs> ages. And, and I, I had no idea. It was a complete surprise to me that <laughs> there was such a thing and that I might want to do it and that I might want to try it and and. I'm just so glad that we did. Yeah. And you have two daughters. We had two daughters. They were um, five years apart. All right. And um, how old was Becky, your oldest daughter, when you started homeschooling her? Becky had been to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and to first grade in the um, elementary school where I went to school when I was young. Oh, wow. Family history. um, Yeah, family history. And 
we were living in the house that I had grown up in at the time. So I was on the same street, and they went to the same school. <laughs> she went to the same school. Right. And then in second grade, we found a little one-room schoolhouse. I was already kind of starting to try to find something different. And um, there were only like 13 students, and the teacher just did individual things for each of these students, and I helped out. Like a one-room. Like really one, it was a one-room yeah, one schoolhouse. schoolhouse. About two grades for for each, I mean, two students for each grade, um, kindergarten through about eight. Eighth grade, there mm-hmm. were two kids for each, and um, that really got me to thinking that uh, we wanted to travel some, and I, mm-hmm. I wanted flexibility. And I started thinking I might be able to do this. <laughs> and looking around at still other, you know, bigger schools and stuff, and saying I can do at least, at, yeah. I can do at least this well. So I'm going to give it a try. So what year was that? Um, it was in the 80s. It was in the early 80s. Yeah. yeah. So long before there were homeschool conventions. Oh, yes. Long. Oh, fairs. my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So could a, could a person even homeschool without all those homeschool conventions? Apparently. Apparently we apparently did. you did. Yes. Yeah. We did. So I have, I'm always amazed. And I, um, I think this is, I'm going to use you to illustrate a point because so many of the moms that I talked to today, they say, oh, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I can do it. And there's so much more available to them now in terms of curriculum and opportunities. And, you know, colleges are actually seeking out homeschooled kids. Absolutely, they are. those things. Yes. But when the homeschool pioneers are really starting, and you were really in that movement, mm-hmm. really, of mm-hmm. homeschool pioneers, uh, there really was nothing. Yes. I mean, you had to kind of like fly, even a Becca, as I'm told. Who was the holy grail of homeschooling would not sell, right? They that's, wouldn't sell. That's to true. You. They wouldn't sell because they felt like it might compromise their their Christian school sales, which I I can kind of understand. But my husband always used to say that we'd go to garage sales and try to find old textbooks, and most of the textbooks kind of stopped about halfway through World War II, so mm-hmm. we never really knew what happened. So <laughs> that's how much you know. But but after after a while, we we were able to get a hold of of some different books, and we would put together our own uh, movies and things from the library and different things that we pulled together and and uh, kind of create our own back before there was a whole lot available. And so. I think really, I mean, that to me is a testimony of the Lord's faithfulness because you kind of took a step of obedience, even though you didn't right. have what would be considered normal now for homeschooling moms, like you didn't have access to all those things. And yet... He provided, and he provided in such amazing ways. I could give you thousands of stories that he provided, but mm. just one little teeny story that's almost that's almost nothing compared to some of the big ones I could tell. Is we were doing a, a unit on Australia, and and in my uh, I'd go out to my mailbox, and I had sent in a card asking um, a travel agency just something about it, and figuring whatever they told well, me was was smart. was, was the was the end of that, and every. About every week, something would come in my mailbox. There was a taste. They sent me a piece of candy from Australia. Oh. They sent me a card that I opened, and it played Waltzy Matilda. <laughs> I mean, the sounds of it was just so much fun. And God was so um, mm. absolutely faithful to mm. bring me the things I needed when there wasn't a whole lot. And he will still do that today. Mm. You may think you have this or that, but if he's got something for you, it will come. And, um, he's faithful. He he's is good. Faithful. faithful. He's good. I think there's that's one thing for sure that homeschooling teaches a mom. Mm-hmm. It does. Is that home? Is that God is the one? Yes. And I'm always telling moms, look, if you'll be faithful with what God puts in front of you, then He will finish in your children what He began in them through you. 
And so often we think that we have to finish it, right? We feel like we've got to be, have, you know, got to have all this stuff. We've got to be the best at math. We've got to be the best at grammar, you know. And I'm not good at math. I don't know how you are. You're probably better than me. No, she's giving me a thumbs down. <laughs> I don't really like math a whole lot. I love to write clearly. And you love to write. And so I thought, well, I'll take my, you know, I'll take my chances and start homeschooling, you know, using kind of my strengths. And I love the language. I love to immerse my kids in books. And you did sort of a similar thing with your kids and in just reading to them, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually, Becky, not only did she graduate or finish homeschooling, she went on to college. And And, and did she fail there? No, No, not at all. No, No, she didn't. Look at you. She didn't. Yeah, she didn't. And God was faithful. Yeah, it's. Amazing. I mean, neither one of them fails. I mean, there, it's yeah. it's an it's an amazingly effective, efficient way to teach, mm-hmm. and it's and really it, and it really works. It's tutoring. It's mm-hmm. a one on one style. Even if you have many kids, mm-hmm. it's still a one on one style, and it's it's what the kings used to have. It's it's tremendously effective, mm-hmm. and it's individual, and that's the best part. You can go as as fast as your child wants to go in a subject and as slowly as they as they need to go without hurting their feelings as slowly as they need to go to catch up with something all in the same child and and it's just it's a blessing it's a huge blessing it's amazing i heard from a uh, a veteran homeschool mom when I was in Dallas a couple of weekends ago, and she said that if the only thing she ever did was surround her kids with good books, really give them good literature, they would have been just fine. And I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. really, they're picking up a good book, and they're learning history, and they're learning how to communicate. They're seeing how the language is written. I think so many homeschool moms right now are putting an awful lot of pressure on ourselves. You know, our kids have to know Latin. They have to know this. They have to know that. And they really, they don't. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing in and of itself. It's not intrinsically bad. But I think a lot of moms are carrying a lot of guilt because they feel like they have to, to perform this particular certain way. And really... They really they, don't. They don't have no, to do that. They, they don't. don't. And what I would far prefer my children to learn to do and, and the children around me is I would far prefer that they learned to think, that we gave them time to present a subject, whether it's mm-hmm. science or history mm-hmm. or geography or, mm-hmm. or even math subjects, and, and present a subject and then give them time to work on it and ponder it and wonder and think and say, hey, I'd like to know a little more about that mm. or Mom, what? Why did they do this when they could have done that, and mm-hmm. and, and actually have time to think and work it out, mm-hmm. um, and Rather go go quickly moving and from... go more slowly, exactly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have time to to develop a thought process and a wonder process mm-hmm. um, for the subjects is far more important than the little the, than all of the ten billion little teensy mm-hmm. facts mm-hmm. to me. I think one of the biggest uh, advantages to homeschooling, at least it has been for our kids over the years. Is that we can do exactly what you said. Like, but let's say we're reading. I love to go off biographies, as you know. Mm-hmm. I love missionary stories. I want to read to my kids about people who live their lives on purpose, particularly the people who love the Lord and followed the Lord. And one year we were reading Corey Tenboom. And so, of course, we start studying World War II and we're learning about Holland and Nazi Germany and Hitler and Europe. We're studying what was happening in the United States when uh, Hitler was in charge of Germany. And our kids were so fascinated by that story. Well, it's a it's kind of a horrific kind of fascination because you you can't believe that that humankind allowed those kinds of atrocities to be committed against an entire race of people. But what really struck me during that period was here we are 
we're homeschooling our kids. We're reading this story, and we have the gift of time. Now. We have a gift of time. Yeah, and so we could take them to the library, and so mm-hmm. we start. So after we were done reading Corey Ten Boom, we read the diary of Anne Frank, and we watched videos about, uh, you know, how the country turned for Hitler because really, is it's a fascinating story, mm-hmm. and frankly, it could happen here in this country just as easily as it happened there, right? right. Because they were kind of it was the whole like frog in the kettle kind of a kind of a scenario, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I very, very much so. Yeah, and I am wanting my kids to learn from history. I want them to go, you know what? Oh my goodness, I see similarities, you know? I thought this is a great opportunity for us to keep, teach our children what freedom looks like. And that is exactly what I think that that ability to wonder about things, to ponder things, to make associations and and to see how one thing is like another and to watch things happen and and anticipate that they that they could happen again and even things like the cycles of nature mm-hmm. coming around teaching mm-hmm. them in science that yes this happens in the spring and you know what it's going to happen next, next year spring, in the spring yeah. and mm-hmm. there are there are seasons that aren't exactly but there is a cyclical nature to some things yes. and there is um in history we don't always learn from our mistakes, and yeah. so here something comes again, and and I want them to to think, mm-hmm. to be able to think, to be able to think critically about critically something. about uh-huh. things, and thoughtfully about things, and mm-hmm. ask questions, and wonder, and ponder, mm-hmm. and to me, that's real education. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, we are going to pick this up. This has been so fun. Our time's going so fast. We're going to pick this up uh, uh, tomorrow on the podcast. But before we go, I really want to take a a chance because I do have you here and you are a captive in my closet. I really do want to ask you how Five in a Row came about because people ask me all the time, you know, Jane Lambert, she wrote Five in a Row. And it's such a, it's a beloved, really, curriculum. So many thousands and thousands of people have used it with their kids. Uh, When were you, where were you, I should say, in your homeschool journey? And what prompted you to want to write it? Well, I I almost always, from the very beginning, originally, as I said, we didn't have a lot of curriculum, and I had to draw my own things together. Um, I was influenced by um, some of the uh, beginning uh, unit study people, and I... I always enjoyed unit study. I, it's it's the way well, I like to for learn. For somebody who's listening who doesn't know what a unit study is, what real quickly, what is a unit study? Well, it's being able to take uh, almost any any subject or or a book or a period of time or anything and present that and then teach the other uh, subjects around that. Whatever right. was happening at the same time, um, the same the history of that time, the science of that time, or what whatever, mm-hmm. and and so. Um, I really did. Um, I really did believe in unit study. Uh, it was the way I like to teach, because I figure if you're if I'm not excited about teaching, if I'm not excited no about kidding. presenting yep. material, then, your kids aren't gonna then be my kids aren't going to be excited. That's right. And I can't just say, okay, turn the page and right. do this and do because I said so is not really terribly. In inspiring. There mm-hmm. are moments when I might do that, but most of the time I try to say, wow. Did you notice this? Yeah. And this is fantastic. And you know, we get a chance to learn about this today. And I tried ah. to, you know, I tried to do this. So in five in a row, uh, Carrie was um, my our, second, uh, daughter. second daughter. Mm-hmm. Was um, I'd already kind of worked through my first one, and my second one was coming along, and she was already in, I would say, um, in, in her high school, early high school years. And I somehow just got this idea to use picture book. And and use that 
picture book to write out across-the-board curriculum. And I did not do daily math because we already said I was thumbs down and don't like daily math. But <laughs> if there was math in the story, I pointed it out so that they'd be excited about it when you, to went, when you told them to go and look at their math pages. Yeah. And... I liked history, science, geography. I loved art. I loved, uh, there were so many things that I loved, and I pulled all of that into the stories so that they could read the stories, which really would touch their hearts, mm -hmm. and then get the well, academic. The stories are powerful. And the powerful story, and get the mm -hmm. academic information just flowed right out of that so that they would have a story to attach it to and they would remember. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I, I wrote out some. I had some friends um, that I, uh, gave it to I, I I wrote it for them sort of but I also asked them to test it for me mm -hmm. so they were kind of working with it and giving me feedback and and um that's that's sort of how we got we started I, I ended up doing about 20 a little over 20 books in my first volume and put it out there and my word somebody bought it and oh my word oh my word <laughs> yes and we were off and away and we're still selling it so thank you Lord and, and I'm I'm and Five in a Row is named Five in a Row because... Because we use one storybook, a picture book, for five days in a, in row. a row. And we read it five so days in a row. So you would read Ferdinand five, five days, days in a row. And, and their ears would hear a really fine story, the sentence, uh, the, the syntax, and the, the, just everything about a really good, worded, well-worded story. They'd see some wonderful art. Um, they'd pick up a new geography place. Uh, science that was just full of science in these stories. And and then forevermore, they would read a story for the rest of their lives, and they'd go, yeah, that's the history in here, and there's some science in here. Yeah. Oh, my word, here's some math. And yeah. they, they would just sort of know intuitively as they read that they were getting more than just some fiction storyline or a biography yeah. storyline. And you're really teaching them to do that with any book. With any book. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Absolutely. For the rest of their lives, absolutely. they would do that with any book they read. Yeah. Well, I think it's wonderful. Jane Lambert, author, speaker, friend extraordinaire. <laughs> We are going to be talking to you again Wednesday Good. about homeschooling some more. I've got a couple of other questions. I know these moms are dying to hear. So thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you welcome. for joining me. And if you have not subscribed to the Busy Mom Podcast, go ahead and skip on over to iTunes. You can search for the Busy Mom there and download it. And I want to thank you, Jane, again for being here. And we will see you guys again next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at The Busy Mom.